Hey, what's up, guys? It's Mike Lynch. What's going on? This is Rashad. This is the Sports Sunday Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. It is now brought to you on the fan by your local Les Schwab Tire Centers. Doing the right thing since 1952. Fire up for pro football. That's what we call a sack lunch. Nom, 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 nom. This is Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad. One kid, we play some competitive sports. Once in a while, would it? Would that make you love me? Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. Well, hey, happy Sunday morning. Hey, welcome in. We're here 9 to 11 today. And boy, oh boy, do we have a lot to talk about. Yeah, week 17, there's a whole bunch to talk about. Well, I was, honestly, I wasn't even looking at that. Yeah. I mean, I've got some NFL stuff ready to come on the show today. Don't you worry about that. But I was just looking through all the notes and stuff and, College football playoff games, semifinals happened yesterday. Uh, we've seen a couple of Pac-12 teams play in bowl games. There are a lot of NFL notes for the for Week 17 as well as for kind of off-the-field stuff. And we've got to do a fantasy football recap because it's the Week 17, and most people are done with their leagues at this point. And uh, all sorts of good stuff. I was just looking. I was like, wow, there's a lot of stuff to talk about today. Yeah. Sometimes you come in on Sunday, and it's – you know the NFL is coming, and you can find storylines, and it's fine. But it's not just like jumping off the page at you. Oh, talk about me. No, today was easy. No, especially as the NFL is getting ready to move into the playoffs next weekend. So it, it, it they've got plenty of time to dominate the storylines. But right now, man, college college football is in full effect, and kind of figured both things would happen for for both games. So I don't know how surprised I am. I mean, I, I did think it was going to be a much Closer game with the Notre Dame and uh, yeah, I thought. I, I didn't, Why? Well, I, no, I didn't think it was going to be a good game. Don't get me wrong. I thought I I was saying, man, it's going to be a 15-12 game, all field goals. That's kind of how I, I felt about both offenses. But, but why? Uh, just because I don't really <laughs> trust either okay. team, you know. And I think as far as scoring the football, like both teams were just all right. Meh. Save it. We're we're gonna get to it here in a second. I just want to do the whole. Text us at the Better You Today text line five five three zero five. Uh, that's what we'll read off your texts on the air and uh, interact with you guys during the show. Find us on social media at 1080 The Fan is the station. I'm at Mike Lynch 27. Rashad's at TaylorMade 503. Jesse's at Jesse Osmond, A-S-Z-M-A-N. And uh, Facebook.com slash 1080 The Fan. That's where you can find us social media-wise. We do have Hater to Love It coming up at 1030. We have West Coast Bias at 1015. We are going to do a Fantasy Scramble segment at 930. So if you've got fantasy questions, if you're playing Week 17, I mean, I'll try to help. I'm not really – I haven't followed it since the end of last week, so I'm not really going to be exactly of the best person to, to give advice. But if you have questions, feel free. Uh, that will be coming up at 930. And we do have NFL News and Notes, which we'll be doing kind of later this hour. But I do want to start with college football. I want to get to the Pac-12 and the bowl games. That's coming up in a little bit. But we got to start with the games that happened yesterday. Semifinals, you had – the Orange Bowl, Cotton Bowl, you had Oklahoma against Alabama, and you had Notre Dame against Clemson. We'll start with the game you were talking about, Rashad. I, for one, am not shocked at all that that game happened the way it did. Now, I I said this on Friday when I was with Dirt and Dirt for Dirt and Sprague for a couple hours. People always, always think Notre Dame is overrated. It's just kind of a default response to Notre Dame being a high-ranked team. I remember saying in that, on that show, I said, they're, they might be a little bit overrated, but they're still a really good football team. They're undefeated for a reason, Duh. and they played a good schedule. However, Clemson, we know, is just that much better. If you've watched Trevor Lawrence at all this year, you realize why they let Kelly Bryant transfer away. 
because Trevor Lawrence is amazing and he's got great hair. Man, awesome hair. Flowing Long, out of his flowing helmet. Flowing hair, like Fabio. And to me, I wish it was better because although. His hair? No, the game. Oh, okay. Let's his hair, him. I don't think his hair can be better. He and Jesse have similar hair. I think if Jesse wore his hair like that, you'd be right there in the mix. Yeah, if you like really, really just kind of combed it out, put a lot of product in it, be flowing behind you. Yeah, yeah, the locks can flow. I can definitely get them flowing. I just typically have something covering them up or it's pulled back in a ponytail or well, something. Well, because it's but, easier. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm lazy that way. But if you put, like, that extra hour and a half of work into your hair. Yeah, okay. if I sat in front of the vanity and just looked at myself and told myself how beautiful I was and just brushed my hair all, all evening. Well, yeah. Marsha Marsh Brady did it. What? You guys don't do that every day? Oh, oops. I mean. I have the vanity. I just don't sit time. in front of it. A couple minutes. I put a comfortable chair there for a reason. Um, no, I, I was really, really surprised. Uh, not, I was not surprised by how big the blowout was. I just wish that Notre Dame showed a little bit more because my team, Syracuse, got destroyed by them at Yankee Stadium near the end of the season when I was really confident they could beat Notre Dame. And I was like, oh, okay, so they're actually not that overrated. But they kind of are because you go into a game like this and it was shades of the national championship game against Alabama, Manti Teo, Lene Kakua year where they got destroyed in that game too. And you're like, can you just show up for once, please, Notre Dame? You're this prestigious program who's been doing this for years and getting to the getting to the finals and having good records. Come on, show up for us. No, I give think, us a good game. I think that's the big thing. Some people wilt in that situation. You know, Nick Saban gets to the playoff and he shows off. That's typically what he's been doing, even when it was the BCS. So Notre Dame has just always kind of been one of those programs that kind of wets the bed once they get there. What happened with the last time they played the national championship against? Alabama. Alabama, they wet the bed. Manti Teo was a Heisman can or Heisman finalist, and that defense was supposed to be so great and so nasty. And then all of a sudden, they got there to the national championship. His defense was so good, he made his girlfriend disappear. Man, man, and then she, then she, you know, didn't she come back to life? Or something? I can't remember that story, but I remember being. You don't remember it? She was. I remember most of it. He, 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 she he was a fake person. Up. Yeah, he made he made her up. Yep. Everybody found out about it. Then he said she. And then she. Then he said she died. Accident. Yep. Yeah, man, that was that was that was a weird, weird. And then I guess he was talking to, like, trying to hide the fact he was talking to a guy. It was weird. Either way, that might. That was been a rumor. A, that was a rumor. But I mean, unsubstantiated. I, I, I saw, no, I saw that on 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 Dateline, and so yeah, on Dateline. Yeah, it was, mm. it, was, it was pretty interesting. Either way. Maybe that was too much of a distraction. You sure it wasn't like some weird website, Dateline.us? No, was, no, I swear. It was like, I want to say it was like 2020 Dateline okay. or something like that. One of the really important shows with the really serious theme music. One, <laughs> one of those shows had had that on. I, I, you'll look do, it up do, on, do, do, do. Yeah. So, but maybe they're still struggling Today with the Dateline. whole, maybe they're all still very distracted by the Manti Teo situation in Notre Dame. And that's why they went out there and just laid down in this game. So I'm, I'm, a little surprised that, well, I'm 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 surprised that Clemson, you know, put up 30. I knew they would score. Um, I didn't think they would score that fast and then just kind of you know blow the game out of the water. Dude, Clemson's really good. No, they, I, mean, I expected Notre Dame's defense to be man to to kind of stand their ground at least a little bit, and that just never happened. Three points is, I mean, I wasn't far off as far as Notre Dame scoring. I said they'd score 10. So so three points was uh, that was right around there. The, the big thing for me with Clemson is we talk about Lawrence. He's really good. He's a freshman, so get ready to see him for two more years. But their, their running back, Travis Etienne, is so good. He finds the smallest holes, and then he runs 100 miles an hour out of them and gets touchdowns constantly. 
If he doesn't become a solid running back on the next level, I'll be very surprised. I know he's a little bit small, but that hasn't stopped other running backs from being good in the NFL. He he has the nose for finding space. He's really, really good. If you watch him play in the title game, now maybe against Alabama, it's going to be a little bit of a different story, but I find Etienne to be really fun to watch, even though he's destroyed my team many years in a row. Um, the other game was Bama-Oklahoma. And, I mean, it looks close at the end. The final score was, uh, what was it, 45-34. Alabama won that game. But uh, it really was not that close. It really wasn't. At halftime, Alabama's up 31-10. to And then Oklahoma gets a couple of points, and it's 31-20, to and it's an 11-point game. And you're like, oh, maybe it's a game. And then every time Oklahoma got a score, Alabama got a score. And they kept the game at that, like, 11-point window the entire time. It wasn't as if Oklahoma charged back and Alabama won the game late. They just kept buoying back against the Oklahoma scores. I was happy to see Kyler Murray and the Oklahoma offense get going in the second half because they were completely shut down in the first half. They could do nothing. Oh, absolutely. And then Kyler Murray showed us why he's the Heisman winner and why he's the athlete he is and why he's considered for both baseball and football and got paid $5 million to play football this year because he got drafted by the A's. He showed us all of it running for over 100 yards, passing for over 300 yards, doing everything in his power to get Oklahoma back in that game, but it was not enough. No, so I, I didn't get a chance to see the game. I only got a chance to see, you know, some of the highlights at home. And first half, like you said, was, wasn't was great for the entire Oklahoma offense, but particularly for Kyler Murray. And then second half just exploded, man. You know, you said the, you mentioned the 308 yards, uh, two touchdowns, man. He – he, he did everything he could to try to keep his team in the game. Like you said, he showed his athleticism on a couple plays that I saw. But Tua, that was, Tua Tagliavilla was incredibly, I'm going to say he was low-key low pissed off just because he a lot of people feel like he should have been the Heisman. You I know, feel that Most way. people feel like he should have been the Heisman winner. And so, honestly, I thought Alabama was just going to come in here and completely run them out of the stadium. That's kind of what I thought because I thought everybody on that team uh, was going to have it in for Kyler Murray and company just because they felt Tua like Tua played better at quarterback, no, at least. No, yeah, Tua played good. You know, you can't really tell that he was ever, you know, hurt at a point. But, you know, a couple highlights I saw, he taking off his helmet, walking off the field like, yeah, let's go. Let's, oh, and he, let's he also, like, he also yeah. was wearing a boot at the end of the game. So. Oh, yeah. So 24 it, out of 27, 318, four touchdowns. That was Tua's line. That's good. Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's pretty okay. That's For those know, who are standard. bad at math, he missed three passes. So Tua is – he played amazing, but also the Alabama defense, shockingly enough, p- uh, played well, too. You know, they really made sure they got after Kyler Murray, especially in that first half, uh, three sacks and two hurries, you know, on the quarterback. So they want to make sure they kind of backed up a lot of the trash they talked about Kyler Murray earlier uh, in the week uh, before the game. All right, let's take a break. Text your thoughts to the Better You Today text line 55305. Coming up next, how do you feel – about Alabama Clemson part four. How does that make you feel? Sit on the couch, please. Anywhere, pick any seat. How does it make you feel? That's next. This is Football Sunday on the Fan. Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. Nine sixteen here on your Sunday morning. Mike Lynch, Rashad Taylor, Jesse Austin with you till 11 o'clock. Fantasy Scramble, sort of, coming up at 
Uh, West Coast bias, 10-15. Hit it or love at 10-30. That's all coming up. Plus NFL news and notes, but we're in college football discussion right now. Just wrapped up talking about the college football playoff a little bit. Got this text from Deal. I was unimpressed with Clemson. Alabama will blow them out. Take away three long touchdowns. That game is bad. Ian Book just held the ball, wouldn't throw the ball, and wouldn't run, just waited to get sacked. Yeah, I mean, Clemson's defense is really good. So part that's part of the reason. That watching the game, sure, Book held the ball, but if they if you watch some of those behind, like the, what do they call it, the sky cam, the stuff that was behind him when they were looking forward, no one was open. Clemson's defense is really solid. Uh, and I, I was not unimpressed because that's what Clemson does. They have long touchdowns all the time. They have big plays all the time. So I, I mean, look, I, I don't know if they're going to win the win the title game, but I, I was impressed by them. Uh, four times now, we're going to see Alabama versus Clemson in the college football playoff. Three times in the finals, one time in the first game in the semifinal when it was the one versus four matchup when Bama lost in the SEC title game and dropped from one to four. Was that that year? Yeah, because Georgia was the two seed. Yes, and then they played each other in the final. Um, I'm very, very, very torn about how to feel about this. On one end, I'm thinking, okay, clearly these are the best two teams in college football, and they have been for many years now. And in the title game, I like to see the two best teams play each other because it tends to be a good game. These two teams put on good games frequently. But on the other hand, I'm sitting here going, again? I have to watch these same two teams play Again, and I'm seeing all these people on on Twitter, and I, I read an article about it today. Kirk Herbstreit was this morning on Twitter just ranting about this. He's like, I don't understand why you guys just can't enjoy college football. Who cares who's playing? And I'm like, I do enjoy college football, and I will watch the game, but I kind of want a little – I just want a parody. You know, I want some parody. To me, in the on that side of it, it reminds me a lot of the NBA, and it reminds me a lot of women's college basketball. You see the same two teams in that almost every year. Well, frankly, one team, UConn, and occasionally Baylor will sneak in or Stanford or some random other team. And NBA, it was Cavs-Warriors. Now, that's going to change because LeBron's out of Cleveland, but Cavs-Warriors, four straight years. You get tired of it. Sure, the matchups are good, or at least the storylines are good, but don't you want to see if another team has a shot? Don't you want to see if another team, another team can do it? Or... If you don't want to say that, don't you want to see another team build themselves in a way that they can compete with Alabama and Clemson? Yeah, I that's mean, why I'm torn because I, I see both sides of it, and I'm like I'm gonna have fun watching the game, but I'm also I, I think it's I, I really do think it's a matter of of the teams that are playing. You know, you have um, a team in Alabama who is like you said always in this position, always finds himself in the national championship game. Then you have Clemson, who over the past few years we've been used to seeing. In this spot, and I think people are just kind of grown tired of really, especially here in the Northwest. You know, we we're, we're kind of sick of hearing about the SEC and the ACC and how great they are and how many NFL prospects they have and some of those things. And that's really the entire storyline uh, about college football is how great those places are. And so I just think you, then you get you, it kind of gets shoved down your throat. So for the next week. That's what we're going to hear about is Clemson, Alabama, Nick Saban, and Dabo Sweeney. And I think people just get it, you get it gets overloaded because how much more can we find out about either one of these two coaches? How they recruit, how they interact with parents and players, how they interact with the media. Like, there's not much else that we can find out about these about these teams, but they're the best. And if you want to see great football, if you don't really care who plays, then you're going to like the game. 
But if you're one of those people that's kind of like, which, and I'm, I'll be real, sometimes I can be in that category. It's like, man, I just don't want to see arguably slow SEC football sometimes. But, you know, I think. Not that Bama's slow. No, not, not, I was going to say, you know, Tua has kind of changed uh, the way we look at Alabama. He's the best Alabama quarterback that I remember. You know, I mean, Jason White was the. Heisman winner, but no, he went to Oklahoma. But I'm, yeah. I'm trying. I'm kind of remember the it, last. Great... He, he's the most electric. Yeah. Bama quarterback we've seen in a while. I can't remember. AJ McCarron was good. AJ McCarron was not as he was not as good. Plays in yeah. the NFL, so it's not like he's he's a bad quarterback. But Does he really play in the NFL? I mean, he's because he he, he he's on a roster. I mean, but <laughs> he, he oh, there's no way that Nathan Peterman should be anybody's quarterback, and you, you're not starting AJ McCarron. Just saying. This text just came in on the Better You Today text line. Then beat the SEC if you don't like them because Georgia should have been in instead of Notre Dame. I, I, dis- I, I'm not, I disagree with the second part, although I agree with the first part. Georgia should not have been over Notre Dame because Georgia had two losses. It's just that simple. Notre Dame was undefeated. Sure, maybe Georgia's the better team, but you have to win games to get into the college football playoff, and Georgia lost two games. It's just that simple. No, it, it, that, that's, It's just that simple to me. But to the first point of your text, yeah, Absolutely. That's why I said when I was when I was debating it with myself, where I just want some other teams to build it in a way that matches Clemson and Alabama because nobody has. And that's all I want. And I think that's the you know that's the part that's like you want teams to build like Bama. That's that's tough to do. You know, there's a reason that we here in the Northwest, especially here in Oregon, if you're a Ducks fan, you were elated to get Thibodeau at coming into your school. You know, the number one prospect in the country. Well, why? Because that doesn't happen all the time. That happens to Alabama every single year. And everybody in Oregon was like, man, he chose he chose this over over going to Alabama. That's tight. He chose coming to Eugene. Meanwhile, we were, Bama probably he, looked at that and went, that oh, sucks, but we have okay. a bunch of other guys. Yeah, okay, <laughs> we've got the number two, three, four, and five guy that are on their way here. Now, I'm not, I'm sure they don't have the, you know, that's an Andrew Nimick question. But they have a bunch of other five-star guys from that position that are going to go there as well. So that's asking you to go out and get, you know, seven five stars every single year and that's what alabama does consistently and over the past four or five years that's what clemson has been able to do is go out and get those guys oregon is just getting to a point to where they're becoming one of the one of the hot spots here in the northwest or here in the pac-12 so give it some time and maybe teams like oregon and u-dub and some of these pac-12 squads will start building themselves back up usc you'd think it's coming with ucla with chip kelly at the helm so you know it's probably coming soon but right now man Nick Saban has the genie in the bottle. Well, it's not even just the Pac-12, though. And I do, just a reminder, at 945, we're going to talk about the Pac-12 and the the situation with do you care if they're actually winning bowl games or not? Because they've looked bad the last couple of years in, in college football at the end of the season. But it's elsewhere, too. I mean, Urban Meyer is retiring now. Say what you will about Urban Meyer. Like, I think he's a scumbag. But he's retiring and was a great football coach. Is Ohio State going to be able to sustain what they did under him with Ryan Day at the helm? Maybe, but I'm going to say probably not because there's only a few coaches like that in college football. Elsewhere in the Big Ten, who would you look for? Michigan? Mm. They got stomped by Florida in the bowl game yesterday. And they can't beat Ohio State. Wisconsin? No. Okay, Big 12. Oklahoma's been there a couple of years, right? They've got a really good young head coach, Lincoln Riley, but guess who's tied to a couple of NFL jobs? Lincoln Riley. And if they don't have Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray, is Oklahoma actually going to be that good? Is anyone else in the Big 12 even close to Oklahoma's level? Texas seems to be back on the rise, maybe, but I don't know. And then you look at, we just mentioned the Pac-12, and we'll talk about that a little bit later too. 
Is it even possible? Is their team even close not as long to breaking as, through that line? Not as long as Nick Saban is still the head coach of Alabama. And, and that, I mean, to the texters brings up Georgia, I don't know if Georgia can build themselves to be that level. I feel like they're close, and they do have Kirby Smart there who learned under Nick Saban, and it's kind of a similar thing. And then the ACC, who's there besides Clemson? Florida State looks awful now with Willie Taggart. My school, Syracuse, was essentially the second-best team in the ACC. What? That's insane. And that's also awful for the conference because Syracuse should not be the second best school in the ACC yet. And uh, so, I mean, is it even possible for a team to rise up to that level right now? It doesn't seem like it is. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Cause you know, the, this is, this is also, this is not just a PAC 12 issue or an ACC issue. Like Alabama is running through everyone. They're running through their own conference every year. Like it's not a problem. Uh, they're running through other Southern conferences like it's not a problem. So, I mean, we have to understand that this is this is a Nick Saban issue. This isn't a Nick Saban in Alabama thing. They they're they're really he's really that good of a recruiter. Uh, he's really that great a coach. Um, and his his teams are stacked every year. There's really it's like they're they are the Warriors. I think that's the best comparison you, they can give because there's really not much you can do. They were already great every year with an average quarterback average quarterback was going all the way to the national championship frankly then, sometimes a bad quarterback yeah, sometimes yeah, the quarterback didn't throw the but couldn't throw the ball now you have a guy that's considered easily already the best quarterback that you've that you've ever had but he's probably going to come back for another year ever had i mean I, I, who, at least recently i mean i, I gotta I, look I mean, at their i'm t- I, I don't know man and, and and you know better you today text line get at us and let us know maybe i'm I'm forgetting someone. You know, I have brain farts early in the morning, so I'm more than likely. I just said Jason White went to Alabama. So, yes, making mistakes up here. But if you can name somebody that's been better than Tua that's been in Alabama, then, you know, please go ahead and, and let us know. But that's that's almost unfair. They just added Kevin Durant. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Joe Namath. Okay, well. Mm, yeah, Bart Starr. Okay, Bart Starr for sure. I'm just going through the list of starting quarterbacks. Um, Mike Shula was there. I didn't see. I didn't see. I didn't see. Why not? I didn't see any of these guys. I'm yeah. going through the list. Yeah. So but I mean, I'm just maybe at the end of the day, Tua, because he is going to be there for one more year. I'll, at give, least. Him, I'll give him Bart Starr, Joe Namath. I'm one more year. Maybe he becomes the greatest. You know, if he wins two more titles, three straight titles for him, and he's the one who spurred the comeback last year when Jalen Hurts wasn't doing well. So maybe, but yes, I see what you're saying. What, where do you fall on this? Do you care? That is the same two teams. Uh, I mean, they've been. I've got three great games from from these teams. You know, each time they've met. So if this is going to be indicative of any one of those games they played, then I'm on board. Like, so I don't really care. Now, if it's two teams that are, you know, that are just awful, then yeah, I'm not going to watch it. But these are two of the best teams in the country. And for the past three years, they you haven't gotten a a 12 to you know 21 game. These games have been 49. 47 you know what I mean? they've and they've been, been down to the wire games been, exactly and so if they're going to be anything like that then i'm on board that's what i'm saying i will enjoy watching the game i will and after having this conversation maybe i just have to accept that right now in college football it doesn't look like there's a team that's willing to step up to that level unless nick saban retires or Dabo sweeney leaves which don't seem likely at the moment it doesn't seem like there are two teams that are ready to step up to enter that conversation so Maybe we just have to accept that these are going to be likely good games, which is good. You don't want an awful championship game. You don't want Clemson Notre Dame in the championship game. You want 
Clemson, Alabama in the championship. This is the NBA season, you know, essentially. You know, you're rooting for your Blazers. You're rooting for the Bucks, or you're rooting for whatever team that you like at this point. But at the end of the day, you know who's going to be playing in June. You know it's going to be the Warriors. And at this point, now it's going to be a little different because LeBron's not in the East, but it's going to be the Warriors, and it's going to be fill in the team, fill in the blank from the East. The Raptors? Probably the Raptors. Or are they going to poop the bed again? Well, they have they have a player that I don't think is going to poop the bed in uh, Kawhi Leonard. You know, so. Don't ask Spurs fans about that. He didn't even show up to the bathroom. No, oh, hey, man. <laughs> <laughs> so the Spurs, Spurs fans are, are, are kicking themselves now because now they see exactly how great Kawhi was. Just yeah. saying. He was great. All right, coming up next, let's get to the fantasy scramble. You can keep texting the better you today. Text line 55305. We do have one question. So if you do have a championship game in week 17, which I still think is very strange. Uh, feel free to ask us the question. We'll do our best to help you out. And uh, we'll also just wrap up the fantasy football season. So that's next with First Jesse Sports Center. This is what you get when you wait until the last minute. It's your pick. Fine, whatever. Blah, 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 blah. This guy. A kicker. I like kickers. Listen up, you fantasy coaches. Mike and Rashad are here to save your butt with some last-minute injury news and roster advice. The only reason my team finishes terrible as it is because everybody on the team was hurt. Literally every single player on my team was hurt. This is Fantasy Scramble, part of Football Sunday on 1080 The Fan. This is the final time we will have Fantasy Scramble this year. Thank you all to have for, 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 wow. Words. That was a fail. Thank you to all who have participated. That's what I was trying to say. In this segment, this season, we uh, we appreciate you. We appreciate all the texts and the questions. It helps the segment go, and uh, it's actually a lot of fun. It's kind of fun just to see what everybody's situations are like every week in fantasy. If you do have a Week 17 championship game, feel free to ask us a question and we will do our best to help you with that. I did see one roll through. I'm not sure how many people are going to text, but one did roll through. So we'll Add start one call in. And a call in. So we got two questions, and then we'll get to a little wrap-up of the fantasy season this year. First one on the text line. First of all, he says, just got to say thanks for all the advice. You've helped me get to my championship game in both leagues. That's what we do. Championship Sunday Championship Sunday. And also, that's awesome, because sometimes I just sit there and wonder, hopefully we're really helping you guys. Yeah. <laughs> like, I feel like we are, but sometimes it's hard to pick sometimes. Uh, his question is, at the flex, Royce Freeman or Dwayne Washington of the Saints, full PPR. Mm. Um, hmm. Well, I know Freeman's going to be the starter because Philip Lindsay's out for the rest of the year, a.k.a. out one more game. Uh, the Saints, I'm assuming, remember I said I didn't really follow what's happening. The Saints are not going to start Kamara or Ingram. Is that what's happening? Or Breeze. It, or or Breeze. Breeze. And they're basically all, I, I, um, I believe all, Pertinent personnel will be sat today. Okay. And Denver is playing who? They are playing the Chargers this week. And the Saints are playing the Panthers. Okay. Um, I think I'll go with Royce Freeman on this one. Unless, unless you know better, Jesse, than I, I don't actually know. Is Dwayne Washington a good pass catcher? Is he a guy who'll get you a lot of PPR points? Because Freeman last week when Lindsey got hurt actually played pretty well. And we've seen little flashes of him playing well. So I, I could see Freeman getting some run in this game. The Broncos are out of the playoffs. You want to see what you got with him. You did draft him pretty high in the draft last year, and Lindsey kind of stole his job. 
So I think I would lean towards Freeman on this one unless Washington is just like a nine and catch this game guy. I, I just don't know. Yeah. So I'll ask Jesse before I fully answer. I'm I'm going to go ahead and go with Royce Freeman, you know, with the last game of the season. Not really playing for much. Um, I'm sure Lindsey will play today, but Royce, you know, like you said, he kind of took his job. So I think today might be a, a great day to get him back out there and see what you have in Royce Freeman. So, And I don't trust, you know, I really don't trust the, anything the Saints do without Drew Brees. You know, that's just kind of one of those things. He's the one piece. Is Teddy team. Bridgewater captain check down or is he going to throw the ball down the field? Like, what's going to happen? Well, Teddy Bridgewater, he's captain check down. That's what he does. So, I still don't, I don't trust Teddy Bridgewater as much anymore. So, we'll see. I'll go ahead and take Royce Freeman, though. Um, full, full PPR. Now, this is where uh, we don't really know what the receiving um, usage is going to be for Washington. Royce Freeman is sparingly used in the passing game. They like to use more of the tight ends in that short area um, passing game. Um, the one thing is, is yes, Royce Freeman, I think has shown, uh, flashes this year. I think he's more of a guy that he gets you five yards of chunks at a time, 10, maybe a 15 yard chunk. They don't, he doesn't typically break off the large runs like Philip Lindsay did. And that's why they kind of started leaning towards Philip Lindsay. He was a big play maker. Um, I always thought it would be a really good matchup for Royce Freeman to be the battering ram and Philip Lindsay to be the guy that flies through the holes that Royce Freeman kind of makes through his physical play. With that said, I think Royce Freeman has a pretty good chance to get in the end zone. The running backs have been getting in the end zone for Denver this season. He, when he was getting run was good in the red zone. Um, so I, I would probably lead towards Freeman because you have more knowledge of what you have there than what you, um, than what you have in, in, in new Orleans, not to mention, you don't have all of those weapons that you normally have on the field for New Orleans. It's going to be a lot easier to slow this team down, really key in on the run. It is a good matchup. Carolina's not been good against the run the last two weeks, but um, I think the Chargers have consistently been eh against the run all season long. It is what Denver likes to do. Um, you're going to see Booker in there on the passing downs. That is the one thing. You're, you're going to see Royce Freeman is a one-two, uh, one first and second down guy. Booker's going to come in for the third downs, but Royce Freeman's also the touchdown guy. So I, I'd probably lean towards him. And I was looking at Washington earlier this year when he did have a – there was one game he had a roll, 11 carries, no catches. So, again, that was with Breeze. We don't really know what it's going to look like. It's tough this week. But uh, I'll say I'll say Freeman. What was the call question there, Jesse? Oh, yes, we had a, a call in driving, couldn't text in. Thank you for, uh, for doing that. He had um, Adams this week. Obviously, that is a no-go with Devontae Adams out. Um, he wonders, should he go Adam Humphreys or should he pick up Randall Cobb or uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling off of the waiver wire? Go Adam Humphreys. I actually saw this. It's totally random and is not relevant to the season, but I thought it was pretty cool. Adam Humphreys is the only wide receiver who has been a top Week 17 wide receiver the last two years who's still on the same team. The Bucks. And he's actually been pretty good this year where he's been a good a good pass catcher and he's gotten in the end zone a couple of times. So I'll say Humphreys. I don't like the Packers options at receiver outside of Adams. They've not been very good this year or consistent at all. And frankly, they've been letting Jamal Williams run the ball the last couple of weeks. He's just been grinding it out on the ground because they've got nothing to play for. So I'll, I'll say stick with uh, Adam Humphreys. In I'm going to go Humphreys as well. Uh, give me one second here and just uh... – um, 
man, I I think there's a safer floor with with um, Humphreys. I think there is more upside with Marquez Valdez Scantling, but it is a very risky upside outside of his week nine. Uh, where he had three receptions for 101 yards. Week six, three receptions for 103 yards. He really has been a ancillary piece in this offense. I don't trust Randall Cobb anymore, so I'm probably going to go with Adam Humphreys as well. Got a couple more questions on the text line. One wide receiver PPR, Calvin Ridley, Jamison Crowder, Zay Jones. Um, well, Calvin Ridley got back in the end zone last week, but he is so volatile. Mm-hmm. He's so reliant on getting in the end zone. But your other options aren't that great either. Uh, Zay Jones has been decent this year. He's had a, He had a stretch of really good games, and he got into the end zone last week. I think the upside with him is pretty high because Josh Allen is Josh Allen playing. He's healthy, right? He's playing. I mean, he's running the ball like yeah. hundred yards a game. Uh, I think the upside in that offense being a little bit more electric and going against Miami defense, Zay Jones might be a decent pick there. And Jamison Crowder is, I don't want to touch Jamison Crowder. I know it's a PPR, but I don't, I don't like Jamison. Crowder I, I honestly think I would rather go with a guy like Robert Foster over a Zay Jones. Um, who's the bigger playmaker in that offense. Um, he has been con- getting consistent targets uh, in, you know, his last... He has been much better. He, he's been better. He's been better than Zay Jones uh, since he came, it, you know, they, they activated him like week 10 to, I, be, I believe, off the practice squad, and he's been nothing but a playmaker for them since. I would also probably rather go with a guy like Isaiah McKenzie, which I hate saying that, but they've been using him in really gadgety ways the way that they used Tyreek Hill his first year in Kansas City, which has resulted in in good yards. Zay Jones is you're hoping he's going to catch two touchdowns or he's going to give you nothing. Um, That sounds like Calvin Ridley. Yeah. um, (laughs) At at the same time, I would of these three guys, it'd probably be Ridley um, first, Zay Jones second for me. yeah. So Crowder third. Yeah, I I'm not a big fan of Crowder. They have obviously kind of mailed it in in Washington since Alex Smith broke his leg, and and justifiably so. They they, uh, the Josh Johnson machine is stopping for nobody. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just come on. So um, I it, not to, you're right. Josh Johnson throwing the ball there as well. Just don't trust Crowder. He was involved last week, but um, I don't really trust any Washington um Redskin in my lineup in Week 17 in the finals. Well, that's what I would say then. If listen to Jesse, I, I actually I know Robert Foster. I just forgot about him. So if he's available, he might not be available in this guy's league, which is why he's asking about it. But if he is, go go grab him. Who would you pick, Rashad? Calvin Ridley. Okay, last one or last two, same guy. Matt Ryan, Russell Wilson this week. Um, Russ for me. Probably too. Russell Wilson. He has been on fire this year. But how long do they keep the starters in the game? They don't need to win. I mean, seeding matters if they win in, in their matchup, but I mean, they're playing the Cardinals. So if they if they're up forty to ten, how long is Russell Wilson really playing in this game to stay healthy? Well, if they get up forty to ten, then I think Russell Wilson had a pretty good day for you. That's true. Yeah, I'll say Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson, and then non PPR James Conner, Marlon Mack. This one's easy for me. If Conner is not playing, then you're playing Mack. If Conner's playing, you're playing Conner. That's it's just that simple. I mean, yeah. He's still like a game time decision at this point, so I'll, it's up to it's up to whatever happens. But I would put Connor in there over over Mac. Anybody that's asked about Marlon Mack, um, which we haven't got a whole lot of questions about him this year, but every time 
Uh, his name's bought up. He ends up having a great game. I'm going to go with tradition, and I'm going to go Marlon Mack. He's had three great games this year. <laughs> hey, and those and those those three great games where people actually text him and say, "Should we start this guy?" This guy's like, "Uh, I guess you should start him because of." And he ended up going off. So I'm saying Marlon Mack. Um, I I mean he he did okay in his first meeting with Tennessee. Tennessee is not necessarily a very good um, defense to try to run against. They've been strong against the run. They have been vulnerable in the past. They're they're just a a pretty good defense. James Conner was full go at practice this week. I, I want to say that the we're going to test his ankle out before pregame is more of a we're going to try to keep these guys on their toes heading into the game, and maybe they're going to plan for both Jalen Samuels and Conner, and then that'll maybe I, – I don't know. Like, I I just think James Conner's going to go since he's been a full participant all week, and I'm going to have him in my lineup um, let's see here. They, what's the kickoff time here? Uh, kickoff time for Mac is the Sunday night game. So you have, you have time to check out, see if Connor's going to play. If Connor's playing, you have him in your lineup because they're going to lean on him. They just didn't lean on Jalen Samuels last week. So that tells me that they like, they, they, they like Samuels, but they, they love Connor in, in comparison. So thank you for all the questions, everybody. Before we break just quickly, cause we're kind of out of time. Good fantasy football year, bad fantasy football year, frustrating, Mi- middle ground, neutral. Frustrating. What, what it was a strange year. There's a, a lot of points scored kind of in a weird way this year. Yeah, lots of points scored, not a lot of wins to show for all the points scored. So uh, first place in the consolation racket. So, Nobody I cares. Mean, yeah, no one cares about that. So I thought <laughs> I thought I mentioned that there is. Did a, you even you know, set your lineup for the consolation bracket? I don't even, man. I didn't even know I won until I looked at the scores. Like, oh, man, why do I keep getting fantasy updates? So yeah, the yeah for me it was it was the most unlucky season of fantasy football in my life. I have had a decent amount of luck in my fantasy football life, and I'd like to say it's a mix with skill, but I, I can't deny there have been times where I've been very very lucky. And I've won on stat corrections. I won. I won on a Monday night foot. My my title in the, in my main league was won on a Matt Ryan interception at on the last play hail mary of a Monday night football game on week sixteen because I had Niners defense. I got two points for the pick, and actually he returned it for a touchdown, which was nail in the coffin. But I I, I won it with two points in the pick. I think it was Navarro Bowman. I think oh, I'm never gonna forget that. Um, I won my league that way. So. I've had my fair share of luck this year. Literally anything that was that could have gone my way in luck did not. It did not happen, and it was just one of those years. It was I very lost, frustrating. I lost to a team with four buys in the lineup, and he – That sounds impossible. Yes, it, yes, it does, and he beat me by, like, 15 points. That so, sounds even more impossible. Uh, that was a week that my entire squad was – your, Was your team – My entire team scored 33 points. Perhaps alive? Uh, man, it didn't. It didn't seem like it. Like uh, there was a lot of zeros and ones for, on a lot of people's stat lines. So, uh, pretty disappointing season. Um, but you know, players mess up. Man, this is what we call a down year. It was a rebuilding season, and so <laughs> next year we'll be back and uh, ready to go. I just gotta hope that all the karma of my good luck in the past few years was. It was all this year that it was hitting me back, so I don't have to deal with this anymore. <laughs> yeah, fingers crossed. Um, I do know Jesse finished in second in the Intercom League. Yep. Yeah, finished. I I went second, third, third, and sixth in my. Well, actually, I should take that back. Second, third, third, maybe, maybe fourth and sixth. We once again, my league plays in week seventeen. It was 
um, possibly the most painful week 16 of my life. Um, I, I was telling Mike before the show started that, I don't know if you ever watched the league, and there's a season where Kevin, who runs the league, thinks he's going to get it, and he loses on a field goal, and I think it ends up being Ruxin's win. What like his his reaction is tame compared to what happened in this this control room last week. Um, it's a good thing there was nobody here. It's a good yeah. thing there were no mics live. No, but Jesse he, told me he oh, wow. was up by over a hundred points going into Sunday night football, and the guy he was playing against had Russell Wilson and Damian Williams, Williams, Chris Carson, Chris and Carson. Harrison Bucker. And Bucker. Yeah. And uh, they, 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 I just needed them to not average twenty five points a, a player, <laughs> and, and they did. They and they did. They averaged more than that. Yeah, it was yeah. it was painful. So that was fantasy. Thank you guys so much for doing it with us. It's it's one of our favorite segments, if not our favorite segment every single week, just because the interaction is awesome. So we really appreciate it from you guys. Without it, we wouldn't be able to do the segment. So I really, really appreciate it. Hopefully you guys won or did well enough in your leagues to get some money back if there's money in your league. And uh, we'll, we'll see you next year for more fantasy football chatter as we get back into the new NFL season. All right, coming up next, let's do a quick... A uh, quick little segment, and then we'll get into NFL news and notes and a little Pac-12 talk before the hate it or love it. This is Football Sunday on The Fan. Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. Just a couple of minutes here before we get into hour two of the show. I just, I was thinking about this earlier today when I was driving in. Have you felt like both this college and NFL season have had a weird kind of vibe to it this year? Like how? We're already in week 17 of the NFL season. And it just, maybe it's, it's a personal thing for me, but it just feels like there's a flow of football season normally. You know, you, you kind of get into the flow and you, you watch the games on Sunday and it's you get some news and all this kind of stuff. I feel like this year there has not been a natural flow. I'm just curious if anyone else experienced that because I was driving in and I was like, it's set week 17 already? The playoffs start next week? Yeah. We're going to get the two Saturday, two Sunday games next week? Because the, ne- the next two weeks are the two best weeks of the playoff season. Not, I mean, wild card weekend, absolutely. Well, wild card weekend has like usually two games that are awful. <laughs> But the weekend after divisional round is usually the best weekend. But combined, eight games, four days, it's usually really fun. I just can't believe it's happening already. I don't know why. Maybe it's because this NFL season has been strange to me with all the scoring and some of the weird results that have been going on. It just feel it feels different to me. I don't know why. I don't know. I don't know if it if it feels different. It's weird because you know this is where it starts to wrap up. You know, you're in. This is officially the last week that you'll see all NFL teams play. So this is officially the last week of red zone, so there won't be any more of that. So the the, I guess the luxury of watching games but not really watching the games, are kind is kind of going out of the window for a lot of people. Um, you know, the the bar scene might not be as you know maybe maybe mine now might be a little overly crowded because people want to go to the bar to watch the playoff games and stuff like that. So I don't know. It's just a weird feeling because you know at this point that's it's about over you know there's nothing else to do you're gonna actually have to do stuff on sundays now you know there's no more kind of sit around be lazy hand in your pants a la al bundy 
and kind of sit there and, and watch a team play. Now you're going to actually have to go to Bed Bath and Beyond. <laughs> and you're going to have seriously now people are going to have to go to IKEA with their girlfriends and wives now and go to that baby shower that that's co-ed that you didn't want to go to. Like now those are the things that you're going to have to do on these Sundays now. And I think that's for me that's the part that's like oh, it gets weird. Uh, we just got some breaking news in the college football world. What is it? Miami head coach Mark Richt retired. Really? Really. Huh. Very strange. Retired or is retiring. Is forced into retiring. Well, I don't know. But he and the school announced his retirement today. Huh. And is... my first thought was Dabble Sweeney. Mario Cristobal. And not to say that's gonna happen, but it was my first thought was that's where he played. That's and so you talked about where he, that's where he's from. It's my first thought. You talk not, about it's a literally just a, a thought. Don't don't take anything in, into it. Yet, no, but. you know what? But you heard it here, folks. Mario Cristobal is going to Miami to be the current no, coach stop of the it. That's what Mike Lynch stop just said it. on the show. No, so I mean, let's yes, let's be it. honest. <laughs> let's be honest, guys. Like, let's just be honest with ourselves. There's there is a such thing as a dream job, and if this if this is indeed true, and it sounds like it is, then. If they want to talk to Cristobal, you'd have to be crazy to believe that he wouldn't take that interview. Like he, not only is he from Miami, he went to the U. He played at the U. He was in the thirty for thirty about the U. You know, so this is somebody that you know bleeds that orange and that weird color green that they have over there. But I love Miami. Miami has always been one of those teams, especially in the black community, that's always been really, really close to the heart. And so I've always had a a soft spot, you know, for for the Hurricanes and everything for whatever reason. When remember when they used to make the college football game, the all my creative players always played for Miami. You know, every single year. You know, Ken Dorsey is one of my favorite quarterbacks uh, in college of all time. All that said, uh, Cristobal has just uh, proven himself as a good head coach, um, which is something the Ducks. You know, there was a, a bit of a downtime. You know, with Mike, Mark Helfrich, and then he came in, and then you know Willie Taggart came in and kind of changed things. One of the best things Tagger did was hire Cristobal. And then Cristobal stayed and he made all those kids stay. Now, mind you, he's been great about saying all the right things to all the parents and all the parents to talk to Cristobal. And I know a few of them have said the same thing, man. He's awesome. And he, he, we feel like he's genuine. I feel like he knowing the Taggart situation and knowing how things worked out with Chip Kelly, I don't know if he would accept that job right now, but you'd be crazy to believe that he wouldn't at least interview for it. Miami AD Blake James, yes, he looks just like his name sounds, uh, said he is shocked by the news. So if that's the case, maybe not something else that went on behind the scenes. Although there was a lot of – the way Miami lost that bowl game, pinstripe bowl to Wisconsin was embarrassing. I think they lost out on some recruits on early signing day. It was kind of just a bad year for Rick at Miami. Yeah, maybe, maybe he just, you know, kind of mailed it in and wasn't really, you know, sometimes guys just check out at a, at a point. You know, there's a lot of – it's a lot of stress being a head coach just on the high school level. So imagine being a head coach on the college level at a private school like Miami. Like, uh, I'm sure things are much different because we forget about that, too. You know, Miami is not a public school. Miami is a private school. So uh, it can be tougher to get some of those guys, especially since the program has been down. It can be tougher to get a lot of those four or five star kids because they don't make a certain GPA requirement. Yeah, no, as as great of a opportunity as it seems, it sounds just from the fact that obviously there are a lot of connections um to Miami Oregon 
right now is obviously fully committed to its football program um, coming off of its best recruiting class ever or still working on that best recruiting class ever uh, for the program. Miami, obviously not the same level of talent, not bringing in the same level of talent, not quite as committed to the football program as an Oregon Ducks team is. Um, you have like the glitz and glamour of Miami is 20 years old at this point where um, it's still running fresh and new with the Oregon Ducks. You see um, what he's done, how Oregon has allowed him to grow as a head coach, understanding that it, there would be some growing pains there. Um, and I think the program has been committed to him and he's going to be committed to Oregon personally. Um, even if he, listens to Miami, I don't think there would be much um, smoke there because I, I honestly think you you would look at the, the Oregon situation and you see what happened um, with Willie Taggart in Florida State, and it seems really good, but it's not always rosy um, on, on that side of the street. So I, I just think that, yeah, uh, Mike Lynch might have brought up a little bit of panic but I don't. It was I don't just think, the first thought I had. It, it, it just, doesn't it remind you of Willie Taggart? It, it does, but I I think that the you're you're talking about a, a guy in Willie Taggart where I think you can question his character, um, and not necessarily the case now. You you true. You cannot question Mario Cristobal's character. However, we have seen many crazier things happen in college football based on a dream job, quote unquote, or a home job opening up. Just this tweet from Bruce Feldman. Rumors on Mark Rick stepping down at Miami heated up late last night. Very curious where Canes look now. Butch Davis has done a very impressive job at FIU. Mario Cristobal has folks in Oregon excited. Manny Diaz, the best part of his tenure, just took the Temple job. That, that was what his tweet said. So, I don't know. I don't know. I see some people in the comments mentioning Dino Babers. Layoff. He's not leaving. Well, I mean, I just I, I think we have to be honest with ourselves. Like, I think that's the big issue. We're so disappointed when that happened with, with Willie Taggart because I think we weren't realistic about the, the situation. There are certain times that, man, you got to go. If Right now, if Syracuse calls Mike Lynch and says, hey, man, we want you to come and be the official play-by-play for both football and basketball here at Syracuse, man, more than likely Lynch is out the game. Like, I can't I mean, do that. I'm already the offensive coordinator there. Oh, well, there you go. You know what I'm saying? So if they, I mean, they, they call and offer you that job, you know, hey, Jesse, we want you to come do all stats for the Broncos. Peace. You know, like I don't expect you – to sit around and wait because other people, you know, really love to hear you here on the fan. No, you're going to go do what's best for you. And so we'd be crazy to think that Cristobal wouldn't at least go talk to his alma mater. No, but that, but that's the thing is that you think that I would just up and leave yes. for that job for Denver. I wouldn't. I honestly, as much as I would love to live in Denver, I have to think about not what I want, but what Marie wants as well. And that's I know so that there's there's no way she would ever want to leave Portland. And then you show her what you're going to be making in Denver, and then she I, on, I honestly, like, one thing that's, I mean, we obviously, it's important for us to make a livable wage, but money is far from the most important thing in our life. And um, so I, when I when I bring up the character of what Willie Taggart is to Mario Cristobal, I don't know if Mario Cristobal would just look at dollar signs. I think Mario Cristobal is the type of guy that would look around and, what's my situation now? How's that compared to what the situation of the glitz and glamour of Miami would be? And you, you, there are uh, not to just to mention, there's not a lot of distractions in Eugene for your players to get in trouble compared to a place like Miami. You have to be so much more on top of how, what your players are doing in a place like Miami, as opposed to Eugene, where it's uh, there's just not as much pl- things to do to get you into trouble. So I know we got a break, 
but I'll, I'll say this before before we go. We do. Everybody said this. You know, uh, we just got a text that says uh, Mario is no Taggart. We we said the same thing about Taggart, man. All we we didn't question his uh, his loyalty to the team. He came out and said all the right stuff. As far as I'm not listening to that, that's not you know. Everybody, we don't know these guys. Like we got to stop acting like we know these people. These are characters that they're playing on TV, you know, or or or, or with people to make sure they can bring in more revenue for these programs. That's part of their job. And as you've seen right in college things. football, there is no loyalty. There's there's no loyalty to any of these people. And so please, like I understand, we all loved uh, Willie Taggart when he was here. He was oh, he's so cool. Everybody loves him, and he's this and he's that. And we don't we didn't question his character. We that just, faded kind of quickly. You but know, yeah, it, I see what you mean. Yeah, we didn't question his character at all. So if Cristobal takes this, don't question this man's character. Everybody has an opportunity to uh, apply for another job. I feel like there was a little bit of questioning his character when the whole Florida State came up because he showed what his character really was with all the lying and it, right. That was after the fact that, that was Rashad's after the fact about but, beginning of his tenure. Everyone's like, Oh, this is really cool. It, it seemed cool. Uh, yeah. Um, but I, I think the difference is here when you hear about Mario Cristobal and all the recruiting and all the, all the parents that have talked about him and why, and, and all the players that are coming to play for him, a lot of it has to do with him, his personality, his character as a person and when that's your number one recruiting tool, it's not I'm putting people in the NFL because guess what? He's not putting people in the NFL yet because he hasn't had that opportunity yet. He's not uh, he's he hasn't won a national championship game. He hasn't been to an elite game. You're talking about his number one recruiting tool right now is his character. And if you go and you decide to do something similar to Willie Taggart, what's that do to your character? And what does that do to your number one recruiting tool? Manny Navarro just tweeted he is a. Uh, Hurricanes beat writer for the Athletic. Number one target, Mario Cristobal. Again, doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean he's going to take the job. Of course, he's their number one target. Look at what he's doing here in one year, and he used to play there. So, again, it was just—I didn't mean for this to go so long. It was just my initial. I thought. think we got to come back to it because now there's 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 a there's a bigger thing we have to talk about. Now. All right. Like this, yeah, we got to come back. Well, to it's it. going to be another short segment anyway. So sure, we'll come back to it. Uh, let's break. We're way over. Apologies. Football Sunday. Go.